Welcome to the show. Today we got a good one. We have guest, uh, second guest ever, Shandon Herrera, a LCU baseball alum and current Rocky Mountain Vibe Major League Baseball player. Uh, we dive into his mentality about pitching. We talk about his upbringing, his parents, uh, the community that has built, you know, his ability to kind of delegate his task and the things that he needs to get done. And so this is probably our best podcast to date from somebody who is currently doing the things that we're talking about with athletics and developing a skill and being paid to do something uh, with a sport. And so a lot of good information here. We hope that you will enjoy it and reach out if you have questions and contact us with anything you might need to discuss or if you have you know something you're curious about. So thanks for being here and we're excited to dive into this talk with Shandon. Welcome to Purposeful Reps Pop Purposeful Reps Podcast. It's hard to say. Yeah, that is uh, it's a mouthful. Today we have a very special guest, a f- dear friend of mine, somebody that I've gotten to know over the last five years and am very high on. This is Shandon Herrera, former LCU pitcher and now Packham. current pro baseball player for the Rocky Mountain Vibes. Rocky Mountain Vibes, second yep. contract. So. Yep. Thanks for being here, bro. Yes, sir. Thanks for having yeah. me. Shout out to Rustin for letting me train over the off season and peak moment. It's been awesome. Yeah. So Good to have Shannon you. comes from Odessa, four three two. Dirty O. The Dirty O. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got to me and Shannon spent all five years of our time together at LCU. Yeah. He graduated at the same time that I was let go, and so we kind of came through together, and then we've kind of stuck it out since then and yep. found a way. So grinding it uh, out yeah so i mean really we just want to talk about you today and we'll have questions for you but really um, just kind of start like tell us about you outside of what i just said i guess um yeah um from odessa um came to lcu right out of high school um i was offered my fall of my senior year and uh went on a visit i had a few other offers um some juco's odessa college but my mom kind of wanted me to get out of Odessa and get away from some of the, my friends and yeah, stuff. So, sure. Um, I went on a visit, fell in love with the campus. Uh, you know, they have a good tradition and committed pretty much the next day. And then, really? Yep. Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Um, they took me to, you know, like a fall scrimmage and then um, they let me stay overnight. And then the next day I toured the campus and um, had my meeting with Blackwood and met Fannin. And, uh, you know, after that, I was like, yeah, this place I want to go. So, nice. Yep. And then you signed. Did you sign in the fall? Yep. Signed okay. in the fall. Signed early. I was the uh, first guy in Odessa High program history to do that. So cool. that was a cool thing. Yeah, it is cool. So. What is that process like? I, I mean, I, I've i had kids come to mm-hmm. college, right, after they sign, obviously, but I've never been part of that. You guys have both been part of signing days and that process from signing day to first day on campus. Right. Like, did that change anything from – the way you thought, the way you performed, like once you sign that paper of like, I'm going to LCU next year, you yeah. know what I mean? For me, personally speaking, you know, signing day is like one of the high of the highs and mm. you sign and you know, they're they're sending you gear and you think you're really good. Um, Cause like if you sign in high school, you think you're really good. <laughs> yeah, well you, you think, are, right? Yeah. I mean, you are good. You think you have it uh, all figured out and you're like, hey, I'm gonna come up and I'm gonna be the dude and then you get on campus pretty much for the first day and you realize 
I'm not going to be the dude. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you realize that <laughs> you really don't know what's going on, and yeah. it's a pretty yeah. humbling moment from so. Yeah, when I, I talked about this with a parent a while back, but it's like you bring 18-year-old boys into college, and they're competing with grown men, men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 23 25 year old men or we have a uh, rj shout out to rj yes you know, he's almost 30 yeah he was so rj was one of our pitchers and he was older than i was he was there my first year coaching and he's older than I. he was like 27 i was like 24 yeah and so you put like 18 year old shandon yeah and a guy that's you know old enough to have four kids it's like yeah it's a little bit different but shout out to him you know he took me under his wing mm-hmm. he was he could have easily been like oh you're a little kid you're a douche or whatever but he took me under his wing and he actually brought me up to canada that summer to play summer ball mm, okay um up there and uh that's one of the guys him and probably chandler casey were one of the guys that were probably my biggest mentors you know just walking me through like hey this is the right thing to do you don't do this because you don't know anything when you show up to campus yeah. you think. so those guys definitely helped me a lot which mm. and they're both still playing yeah and pursuing playing so yep. i think that you know shows you yeah you are who you hang yeah. around a little bit yeah so. them and um do you know doc mm-hmm. nathan dockery yep and the crooks twins you know yeah good humans so, yep great yeah. guys incredible human yep. beings yeah so awesome um so let's talk about so your family like you play college ball mm-hmm. your sister plays college ball mm-hmm. and your sister's a really good athlete as well right and then your youngest sister is also a pretty good athlete. She's still yeah. in high school. Yeah. So is that like an expectation from y'all, from your parents, or is it just something you guys have fallen into? You know, it was me personally. Um, ever since I like, started playing, I knew like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, I want to play. Obviously, got to go to college first. I want to play college, and I've always been like, I want to play professionally. Like my teacher would be like, oh, well, you know, what's your plan B? I'm like, baseball. Mm-hmm. So that's something that. Um, we talked we talk about playing yeah, bees a while back. So. Yeah. yeah. That's something that I put on myself early. And my parents just, I told them, hey, um, I kind of related to how you and Kai were, where you yeah. kind of reassess yourself. Yeah. Um, I told them, hey, I want to do this. And so they're like, my mom played collegiately. She played basketball. Okay. And then um, at Sol Ross. And then, um, so they were like, okay, well, this is what you're going to have to, you know, you got to be disciplined. You're going to have to. Mm do different things than some guys are doing and so they were just there to really guide me you know it wasn't much pressure from them but um they were like on my butt about like you know grades and working hard and stuff but it's kind of just a pressure that not even a pressure but something that we wanted to do from when we were little and um I think you know my sister seeing me um obviously she wanted to too but like seeing me go uh, she wanted to do it, and now Zoli's just kind of <laughs> following suit. But mm. it's never something from them, you know, like, hey, you need to do this. Mm. You need to go. They're always, hey, if you want to do this, we're going to be – we're going to back you up. But if you're going to do something, you're going to do it 100%. And, you know, my dad, military and stuff like that, so he's big on discipline. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going in, you're going all in. And the moment that you don't want to do it, let me know, and we'll do something else. But while you're doing this right now, you know, you're going to do it right, and you're going to be disciplined, and you're going to work hard. So – yeah, they were – shout out to them and my grandparents. They were awesome, you know, guiding us through everything. And Yeah, I love yeah. your family, dude. I've said it a <laughs> yeah, time, like, awesome. I love yeah. your parents. And, yeah. like, your mom posted, like, a fundraiser or something back for, <laughs> yeah. like, family. And I was like, like, yes, yeah. it to us. You yeah, know, they're like, awesome. They, yeah, I love your family. And your yeah. grandparents. You know, we have a long history with your family because yeah. your grandma taught my sister in elementary school. Yeah. And we went to church with your grandparents. And so, 
we just have a cool kind of history with yeah. uh, Shandon's family. But what is like your thoughts on him saying that with his parents? Because you and yeah. Kai, like he said it, you know, the same kind of dynamic with you and Kai. Yeah. This is what you want to do. We want to hold you to it. Like, what did that say to you as a parent hearing that kind of that same relationship and journey that y'all are on right now? Yeah. So for me, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's exciting for me, one, as a parent, because it's, it's something that like where I'm at as a parent, I don't know if it'll work, you know, like, I don't, I don't even know if it's the right thing to do sometimes. And then hearing that it's like, okay, yeah, like just, let's just stay true to it. You know, like, and and I think that's, that's a big part of it is that's something that it's just, I think when you, when you have kids and whatever they're pursuing, like teaching them what it takes to pursue it, but also like, Hey, you've got to want to pursue it. Yeah, it's be and if you them. want to pursue yeah. it, then let's Genuine. get after it. And this is what, you know, we think we, you need to do. And, and so, but yeah, the no plan B thing, I think is, I mean, it's just part of what I've adapted okay. over the years and it's not what I grew up with. And so it's right. different than what I grew up with. And so <laughs> right. handing that off to my kids and, you know, Kai's a basketball kid and my daughter is like a, you know, she's in a different world of right. like, she wants to pursue this other entrepreneurship kind of stuff. Like, which is awesome. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm. and if that's it, like, let's go all in for it. And at some point if that shifts and you're like, Hey, I'm done with this. Yep. Sweet. Okay. What's next? You know? I love that. And it's not just a, I think that, I wonder if that, did that give you any like freedom to be like, Oh, okay. I'm really going to get after this. Yeah. I think it, and also like, you know, it's just like genuine, you know, it came from me like, yeah. Hey, no one's making me do this. I want to do this and I've got people supporting me. So let's just go get it. Let's go mm. all in. And you know, it just gave me, I didn't ever really feel pressure. The only pressure I felt from my parents or anybody was pressure I put on myself. So what did that, what did those sacrifices and that accountability look like? You know, was it right. your dad saying, Hey, we need to go throw. And you're like, no, he's yeah. like, you told me you <laughs> wanted to go throw. You were yeah. like, this is your goal. You uh-huh. know, was it that, or was it just like, reminders um, what did that look like um for me like in baseball it's always been pretty much me like okay. i've been um he'd get home i'd be waiting right there with a bucket of balls and we'd go you know to the little league and he'd hit me balls and i know like looking back you don't realize like the sacrifices it's more sacrifices on their end because you know he just worked whatever and oil filled and then get home and you don't realize that when you're little like of course, hey. yeah <laughs> and but i didn't he never you know, I didn't ever see a like comment or anything on his face. He was all right. Let me change. We'll go. And you know, he was always as long as I want to do it. Like me personally, um, he was there for me. He was always taking me wherever. You know, we both played travel growing up. My sister and I. So my mom would have to go with her sometimes. My dad and just the sacrifices that made that um, I saw them make mm. really helped me as. You know, just like, okay, let's go all in on this. Yeah. How did that change as you got older, right? Because you start to realize, like, mom's there, yeah. dad's there. Yeah. You got to put gas yeah. in these cars yeah. and these teams aren't free. Did yeah. that change? Like, did you ever feel that aspect of it or was um, that something you never thought about? Really? You know, just, like, just appreciative and, like, kind of gave me a little extra. I didn't need it, but a little extra, like, motivation to, hey, you know, I should probably study for this test and pass so I don't get fell this class in college and my parents are, you know – doing all this for me and they've taken me across the country for me to get to play baseball and get to this point you know I should probably go to the weight room today and do everything and 
So just a little extra motivation, but yeah, shout out to them. They're awesome. So yeah, they are awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. Personally speaking, hey, flip your mic. Yes, sir. I think you're talking into the back. I usually do. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to. The- no, it's just play. Now we go. Now we. I'm kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> I say that a lot. I, I caught it a while ago. I was like, because it says back. <laughs> Uh, so Carson's gonna enjoy that. Oh gosh, we'll cut it out. We'll cut. It out. No, leave. No, leave that in because that's that's. Yeah. And you know they'll probably say it when you're not in the room. They will. You know what I'm saying. Especially Carson and yeah. Rustin. Yeah, yeah. these yeah. guys. We were talking off air. They did uh, the episode with Sully and Carson a while back, and I caught the the pre-edited clip, and they were talking trash about me in like the first five minutes. How yeah. far I sit from the mic usually. It's true. But you were I, sitting close to it. I was. I've been feeling self-conscious about it. <laughs> well, it really. made you better. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a good feedback, constructive yeah. feedback. <laughs> now I'm as motivated as Shandon is to be a good podcaster. There you go. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, what's on your mind? Do you have questions for him? I know this guy like so well. I have a ton um, of questions, but I don't want to dominate the... No, you're great. I think the questions are good. Um, yeah, I think... So, uh, like with the parent thing, because we... I think we have some parents that listen and hopefully parents will hear this. Uh, My parents will. Like yeah, will. From, from your <laughs> perspective, it's really, it's really good to hear it. It's really interesting to hear because what we see, and you can probably talk about this too, is like, and you've probably experienced this as an athlete growing up is you, right. you have the parents that were like your parents that are like supporting, encouraging, kind of empowering you to mm-hmm. pursue this thing. Right. But there's not that kind of like guilt and shame held right. over you like right. oh you didn't go you didn't get your work in today somebody right. you know uh-huh. like there's not that kind of presentation of the goal or the drive or whatever it is you're trying uh-huh. to get to um and so I, th- I think that's a good point to maybe touch on because right. i heard <laughs> I, I, I heard a i heard a guy talk about this and like he was essentially talking about him parenting his daughter and it's like the opposite side of that it's right. like she knows how much money I spend on her, and she knows if she doesn't run during practice, she's going to run after practice. Totally different approach, right? Yeah. Um, and so not that that's the way he's going to parent. It's the way he's going to parent, right? Yeah. Um, so can you can you talk about how that framed maybe your perspective of, like, the craft of baseball, of, like, what you pursued? like Right how that set up like maybe more of a love or did it maybe the better question is did do you feel like that set you up to love the craft more long term right um i mean don't get me wrong like they were very supportive and but it wasn't if i was acting like an ass on the field or something sure. like that like my dad's let me know like, yeah, yeah for sure like he was so there was definitely that side of it and uh but yeah just i think just them letting me decide like i want to do this like mm. it fuels me a little bit more and makes me want to you know, go after it and, you know, pay attention to the craft and, you know, self-educate myself and which I feel like maybe on the other side where the parents are kind of pushing, I think that's where you might see a little burnout and like the kids get to, you know, college on their own and they're like, Hey, my mom's not making me go to practice. You know, my dad's not, um, waking me up for weights. Like maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe Mm, I just want to, which is fine. Do whatever you want. But yeah, I definitely think that that helped. Mm. Um, like you said, mold that. Well, and you, you see know, the difference. Course. I mean, I've worked with, I mean, a lot of your teammates, right? Because right? we were <laughs> together. But, like, you have guys who, and they will, I think they'll say it, like, I thought I was playing baseball because I loved it, but really I was just playing it because they were 
Right. I was kind of not be. I was being forced to. Right. So when they get into that situation of like, in college, you don't necessarily have to show up, and mm-hmm. you know nobody's like coming and waking you up, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it changes a little bit. Yeah. Right. And so you're very intrinsically motivated. Right. And you said something about like self education, mm-hmm. right? So when did that process start? Because you're so for those that don't know Shannon, like Shannon is always searching for the one percent, mm-hmm. like always willing to try a new technique, a new drill. Right. Like we're going to hit every ounce of mobility work that we can because yeah. it may give me that tenth of a percent, right, uh-huh. to be a little bit better. When did that process and that mindset start of like, I've got to pursue every possible avenue to be better? Um, it started, you know, I'd say early on in high school. I was kind of like, you know, I'm going to do what I know, you know, just listening to, you know, Joe Random that played a year of college ball in Odessa, and he's going to hit me ground balls and tell me this. But I think um, probably I had a really good freshman year um, at LCU. Okay. Um, I pitched a good amount, and, you know, so I was on top of the world. I thought, you know, my sophomore year, <laughs> it was probably the worst year I had in baseball. Hmm. And I just, you know um, – had to start figuring stuff out and that's when I you started working with us and it was more of hey we're doing this because of this you know you would start saying hey we're doing this you know bench press because this um if you don't like this um you can do something else we can figure it out you know um so just creating that avenue of you know questioning and learning why I'm doing this why I'm running these flying tins why um help me be like oh well there's a method to this madness i'm not just doing this because you know my strength coach hates me and <laughs> you know most so. days most days i didn't <laughs> so. i don't think i ever hated you there were some guys i hated some days but never you so, i don't think um kay told us from the beginning like hey ask me why and then probably shouldn't have said that because then that opened up a million questions that i'd ask for you i'd say hey Cade, what is this for you know and not not to be like that i was just like genuinely wondering like and then um i played summer ball um for a guy named jim johnson um he's been in professional baseball for like 70 years and he told me one thing that like really stuck with me he said hey you know baseball's hard but so he taught me about like delegating like you know i'm gonna delegate my lifting to a guy that's an expert that knows what he's doing i'm gonna delegate my throwing to a guy that's an expert knows what mm. he's doing i'm gonna delegate my mo- i think you said something about that you know like find the guru yeah, yeah. that's exactly where my and, mind went yep and jimmy you know told me that and that stuck with me so mm. um you know i just like learned from so many people and it just kind of opened up a rabbit hole to just learning and yeah. trying to get myself better so. so and you've had a mul like you've had multiple coaches right, right. like i'm doing your strength conditioning right. like whitey's doing your throwing program yep. i know you've talked to Rustin about like some mindset stuff yep. so it's so interesting because you have athletes who are like, <laughs> like you who are like, let me go find people. Yeah. Then you have those athletes that are saying like, you're going to hunker down. Like I got to do this on my own. I got to right. like just grind it out or whatever. Uh, what kind of like, it takes a lot of humility. I feel like to just be like, I'm going to outsource this and I'm going to ask for help. Do you ever, have you ever struggled with that of being like, you know, asking for help or paying for help or finding help. Yeah, because you've got really big goals. So, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. it's not just like a kid who's trying to make the varsity squad. Right. Like, you're right. you're trying to do, yeah. do something major that most 
kids never have the yeah. option to do. And so handing that control over. Yeah. I think just really failing so much, and mm. baseball is a game of failure, so you kind of learn to deal with that. And you mm. can use it to better yourself, or you can use it. And so I think just knowing that, like, just coming to terms and looking myself in the mirror and saying, I don't know everything. And there's guys out there that do know a lot more than me. So just kind of turning that over, um, you know. And, for example, like this off season, um, I went to play in West Virginia for my first, like, pro season. And college you play on the weekends, mm -hmm. three games a week, and I'm only pitching one of those games. Um, and in <clears throat> pro ball my first year, we were playing every single day except for Monday and riding the bus, so riding three hours – you know, playing that same day, then right the next day, riding ten hours, getting to the field at, getting to the hotel at seven a.m. and I got to pitch that day, and you know my butt, my body was just like beat, and so I was like, all right, I got to go in all in on this. So that's when I called you and said, hey, let's do this, and you know, like, why are you doing my throwing? Just like trying to reach out to people who know more than I do, and just trying to learn as much as I can. So. That's so interesting. Yeah. You yeah. don't think about, like, you people, you, like, I hear pro ball, and we're not talking MLB. No, But no, it's, no. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's at mm -hmm. the high level mm -hmm. of performance, but it's not just, you know, private jets and, like, no, you know, chef, you know, <laughs> cooking every meal. It's, yeah. it's a grind. Like, and we say that about everything, but it truly is, like, a grind on right. your body and, mm -hmm. like, your, your mind and everything else, but. When we, because we want to get into that, but like, tell us about when did that shift? And we talked about it a little bit off air. Mm -hmm. There was kind of a pivotal moment there in that sophomore year where you didn't throw well. Yeah. Can you talk about that and how it, like, really, what made you say, is it just wanting to go pro, or was it like I'm gonna give it everything yeah. I have, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out? Like. Yeah, I mean, I've always I've wanted to go pro since I was, you know four years old since I played t-ball and that's been all I've ever wanted to do and you know I've always been like really good like ever like every team on best player not one of the best players and um even my freshman year you know like guys usually don't come in and pitch or they pitch and they get hit around I had a really good freshman year so I'm like wow I can and just seeing all those guys get drafted in 2019 we had four guys drafted yep. just being in the same room and you know just thinking like, wow, I can do this one day. And then being, you know, had a really good fall that year and just didn't pitch well. Kind of got in my head, you know, I was down. And I thought, you know, just, all right, this is what I want to do. Kind of revisited those goals like you talked about. And um, I said, okay, yes, I still want to do this. What am I going to do to, you know, this is nobody else's fault but mine. Um, mm. What am I, like, nobody else is going to get me there. What am I going to do to you know get myself there so yeah that was probably yeah. very end of regional tournament of sophomore year yeah kind of that self-reflection of like yeah i hadn't pitched in like four weeks you know because i pitched a lot in the beginning and i was supposed to be one of the good guys and then hadn't pitched in like three or four weeks yeah. and it never happened to me so so it was like uh nobody's coming to save me yeah i better figure it out <laughs> yeah for sure that's a that's a moment. I yeah. think we all have that moment at some yeah. point. I had it in life, not in yeah. athletics, but it was like, yeah. nobody's nobody's coming. Here we you go. Know? Yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah. what uh, Carson has this written? Did your work ethic change once you found you had something special? 
I mean, I don't know. Did something change when you realized, like, you saw those four guys get drafted? Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about that realization of mm-hmm. being in a room with people and, right. like, RJ and Casey both playing and mm-hmm. taking you. Like, did that Keaton. open your eyes to say, yeah, Keaton, yeah. like, Crap. did it say, oh, like, guys do that? Yeah. Like, did it truly be like, oh, I've always wanted to do this, no big deal? Or is it like, oh, I can actually mm-hmm. do this being where yeah. I am right now? For sure. You know, and just like, you're a product of your environment and your friends. And I lived with Hill. Um, he got drafted in yep. Pratt my sophomore year. They were seniors. And so I thought I was working hard. And, you know, but that was just to me working hard at practice and, you know, showing up to the weight room, kind of moving some weight until mm-hmm. I saw them, you know, they're at home. They're cooking food. Like, they're not going to McDonald's. They're not, they're meal prepping. They're eating right. They're doing mobility at the house, you know. They're watching film, and so it just kind of like made me realize, like, hey, if you want to do this, you gotta get to that level mm-hmm. or more. So, because both of those guys got drafted that yep. year, yep. Right? and that's that group I was telling you had eight of nine starters or mm-hmm. whatever get drafted or graduate, and four yep. of those guys <coughs> drafted. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a wild. Yeah, it was year. Yeah, a lot of talent, but probably the most talented team I've ever been on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, it was fun. Pretty talented. A lot of fun. A yeah. good group. Like, yeah. yeah, a really good group of guys. Chase Wetzel. What a guy. <laughs> Love Chase. Hayward. Yeah, yeah. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're naturally curious. Yes. yes right. Sir. Like you're curious mm-hmm. about. Is there anything else like outside of baseball that you're curious about? Uh, or is baseball like the thing right now that occupies your <laughs> space for curiosity. I mean, baseball is definitely my. Um, Number one, probably like ninety eight percent of my mind most of the time. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, just talking about that, like no plan B. But you know, I like. Um, I know there's got to be a life after, so I've like looked into like business stuff and um, hunting and fishing. I like to do that. So, but yeah, baseball is pretty much. Um, I want to go into like player development and mm-hmm. front office type stuff after my career. So baseball nice, is pretty yeah. much. Yeah, that's something that that I've kind of recognized and we'll have conversations with upper level Mm -hmm. athletes. Like the minute that they lose the curiosity, it it becomes Mm -hmm. uh, all performance driven. So life and death on the performance. Mm -hmm. But if you can remain curious, the performance still matters, right? Right. Because you're super curious about the sport and about the craft. Right. So performance still matters. It has to. Right. If you're going to be great at it. Mm -hmm. Right. I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you balance that? What is like, yeah. So what does that look like coming out of a sophomore season that you said was not mm-hmm. what you thought it was going to be, especially after having a good freshman season, right. right? Right. And then being the curious person you are, how did you handle that poor level of performance for you? Um, so that was the summer I went up to play um, summer ball in Canada, and I was, you know, pretty down. But um, I actually. Playing summer ball that year was probably the best thing for me because I didn't get to you know dwell on that season too long. Mm-hmm. I was took a week off and I was in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, middle of Saskatchewan, <laughs> uh, twelve thousand people, and I was playing a week later for yeah. a new team, new guys. So I kind of mm-hmm. got to like re you know redevelop myself, re you know establish myself as. Yep. No one knows who I am besides RJ and um, a little bit of a fresh, fresh yeah, start, fresh like start. breath of fresh air, sort of. And um, probably in Canada, literally, fresh, <laughs> yeah. fresh air. Yep. And I met um, 
Connor White, uh, he's a high-performance trainer. At, he was playing on the team at Driveline Baseball. Mm. And I met my, you know, one of my best friends now, um, Tanner Bercier. And um, they're just as curious as I am and just as, you know, out there. And, um, you know, in baseball, you don't pitch every day. Right. But so you got a lot of downtime in the bullpen. So just hanging out with those guys and picking their brains. And Whitey, I could already tell Whitey was going to coach and just from how he was. And mm. just being around those guys just helped me kind of re um, kind of re-engage and just get back into, you know, my mind and positivity. And I end up playing really good then. So mm. that was probably just playing again, right? On, not getting a dull, you know, sulk on that season mm. the whole summer. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that? So it's something I hear baseball guys say all the time is like, you guys just tend to dwell yeah. on negative performances. Yeah. Nobody sits and thinks like, Oh, I hit four bombs last weekend. Like, I'm so good. Yeah. Nobody tends to think like that. Everybody thinks, like, I gave up eight runs. <laughs> or, like, you know, I struck out three times. And then just sit on now that negativity. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that's a sport. And you can speak to this, too. I don't know if that's a sport thing. You're just around so many people growing up that do that. Or is it, like, what, what causes that, that to dwell on that negativity so often in baseball? Purposeful Reps Podcast is brought to you by Monomyth Coffee. Monomyth is a local coffee company here in Lubbock on a mission to welcome people and send them out encouraged. They believe treating people right and making great coffee can cultivate community and shift the culture of business in Lubbock. So if you need a cup of coffee or an encouraging word, be sure to go see our friends at Monomyth. I want to say something. I want to, know, I want to see if you agree with it. I think it's like <laughs> just because the nature of the sport just because you have so much downtime because in basketball you know you airball shot you got a next possession you know 10 10 seconds later mm -hmm. you know you can make a play on defense football you know you miss a tackle five seconds later you got another opportunity in baseball you get you know a good game you're getting three or four at bats a game you know you might get one ground ball all all series which three games mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you have so much time just to like <clears throat> sit and think about like I, I think that's a big deal you know pitching you pitch one time a weekend um, if you're a starter and then maybe twice a weekend if you're a lever and then if you do bad maybe not for two or three weeks mm. so I think just the nature yeah. of like having so much downtime and so much time to just sit and think about it like I think that's a big reason mm. what do you think about that yeah I think it's definitely easier to allow your headspace to live there for sure yeah like if things go poorly the other side of it is what you were saying like well what if it goes great and that was four for four yeah right. right and there was it was all like exactly what i wanted to do it <laughs> right. wasn't just something snuck through yeah right, right? like they were all perfectly executed right. you don't i think the i think part of it is like the sports culture here in the states is driven towards like oh you can't be content with that mm. right you know, there's that kind of That's underlying important. kind of, even with coaches that don't say that, there's still mm -hmm. that kind of mentality yeah. of, I don't get content. You know, it's like almost like a curse word. Like, yeah. yeah. If you ever think you're content, you're screwed. <laughs> right. yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the case, but I think, yeah, I think in baseball, that yeah. every, everything has so much more value, mm -hmm. you know, it's true on both sides of the ball. Like yep. everything has way more value because mm -hmm. there's less reps. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and I didn't, and that's, I didn't really think about it like that, but in a sense, like, yep, yeah, I was going to say like, nobody's <laughs> going to come and save you. I mean, you can have the reliever come out sure. and get you, right. but in a basketball game, you run out of time. Yeah. Like in a baseball game, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta work it through until you get those three outs. And it's like, it may be five minutes and it may be, you know, 45 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes it's a lonely place to be. So, yeah. And the pitcher's like, mound is one of the loneliest places to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how has what is your mentality when you're on the mound? Is it right how has it changed over the years? Um just I try to simplify it as much cuz baseball is such a hard sport if I'm thinking um, cuz I I love the data side of it. I love, you know, this guy swings at this pitch, but I like to take that in before the game, you know, look at it a little bit and then flush it Mm. so i'd really like the catcher know so he can tell me but i'm pretty much get up there and attack you know next pitch attack 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 um rather than thinking oh this guy swings at sliders oh two 25 percent of the time i'd rather just get up there and say hey i know what my my game plan let me just go attack these guys yeah yep simplify it yep that makes sense to me i mean so i saw somebody say the other day like you don't they were talking about a golf swing, but it was like when a basketball, when you're shooting a basketball, you don't think elbow in, yeah. feet shoulder, you know, feet shoulder width apart, boom, right. you know, straight, mm-hmm. extend. Yeah. And like in golf, people are like arms straight back, yeah. you know, yeah. where's my club? You feel your hips. It's like just simplify it. And so if you are, if you were thinking about like where's my plant leg, right. where's my arm slot, where's, you know, it would probably get a little mental, more mental. Do you think it's because like people pick up, most people pick up golf later? And, like, you know, most kids here, they're shooting a basketball from the time that they can. And golf, most guys are not doing it till they're a little bit older. And so they got to kind of think basketball, you just pick it up and shoot it. It could be. I don't, I never really, I've never thought about it very critically, yeah. to be honest. I just saw a guy uh-huh. say it the other day and I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But there probably is some of that. You're a good like, golfer, yeah. aren't you? No. No. I like to golf. <laughs> I love to golf. I'm a fun golfer. I, I, I'm a fun time. I'll have a good time golfing. I'm terrible. I mean, I'll shoot a hundred and. Yeah, I mean, you know. there, there could be something to do that. Like if you pick it up later in your brain development mm-hmm. years, that you're probably going to think through it a little differently yeah. as opposed to. Any more conscious of it. Being taught when you're a kid, and it just becomes right. this movement pattern that you work through, and then as you get older, they just tweak the pattern. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, you've been shooting like this because you don't have the strength to heave it up there. So right. now let's mm-hmm. let's dial in on this uh-huh. form right. a little bit. And so as you go, question. you may just never dial in it. on the form. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, this was the first thought that came to my mind. You don't have to think about throwing a baseball. No. But if we ask you to throw it left-handed, you probably have to think about it a little bit, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. So yeah. kind of I've the actually, same idea, learning a new skill. I've actually <laughs> – me and Tanner have gotten to this, like, theory where we want to learn, you know, throwing plyos and throwing off the mound left-handed to maybe help us throw right-handed. Okay. Yeah. What's, so, the, what's the thought behind that? Because this is the good stuff we can get into yeah. now. This is how Shandon's brain works, <laughs> and I love it. And we can talk about all the weird stuff we've tried in the weight room to get better. Yeah. But. Just because right-handed, you know, you've done it forever, and you've just done it since the time you were five or six. You don't even think about, hey, I need to hinge my hips. I need to do this. I need to separate. So we were thinking, like, <laughs> shout-out to Tanner and the Super Dumb group chat. Um you know, I've got to get my arm flipped 
like in this position to really get scap retraction and so you're just thinking like if we taught ourselves how to throw left-handed would that make us more conscious and more you know intact right-handed and trevor bauer and trevor bauer Bauer kind of started that discussion and we lived together which was a bad you and trevor bauer (laughs) me and tanner bercier close close second yeah except without beating his wife right right yeah (laughs) me and tanner what are your thoughts on the throwing left-handed to help right-handed? I think, I mean, yeah, I think it might could. So, like, there's this, uh, there's a, there's this idea that at some point along your development, like, there was a standard you were trying to reach with, like, let's just say mm-hmm. pitching, right, with the mechanics of it, and you reached it or you started getting close to it, and then it just became what you did. So you stopped thinking about reaching that standard. Right. Right, so like the left hand would be like, okay, now we're really focused on this is the reality of where I'm at. I've got to get to this standard. So mm-hmm. I've got to take these steps and really focus on this stuff to get to that standard. Hmm. It's like, uh, well, I was talking about Logan today. So when I went yeah. to Logan's summit, hold the standard summit, uh-huh. shout out Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of shout outs on here. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so you Logan. Spread the love, baby. We do. We're yeah. all about it. We want <laughs> Check to out credit. Logan at Deuce Gym and. Yeah. all the stuff out we, in Venice. Yeah, we want to give we want to give credit where it's due. Uh, and so he he did this exercise where he would call somebody up to the board and he would ask them like, okay, like hey, how long have you been writing? Mm-hmm. Like writing words. And they'd be like, like when did you start writing? Pre-K, four, maybe yeah. four years old. So we Five, have an expert yeah. in Not, the building yeah, at yeah. handwriting. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're how old? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. So for twenty years, this man has been perfecting the art of writing. So we're going to get him up on the board and he's going to write this word. So he writes a word and it's like, who knows what it's going to look like. Right. Right. And then we pick a word out that's like in the room, like it's like uh, king on that book right there. Mm -hmm. Now you have to write king exactly like that. That is the standard. Mm -hmm. So now that's the standard, write the letters exactly like that. Right. This is the reality of where you're at. You just wrote king does not look like that. Now write it that way. Right, but like at some that. point, your handwriting was just good enough, mm-hmm. and yep. so you're good. Yeah, it's making it, it's functioning, it's working well. So maybe tapping back into that brain mentality of getting back to mm-hmm. the mechanics of really dialing in, doing it opposite, we can could. I mean, it definitely could be. It could get you back in touch with that stuff for sure. Yeah. When that right, when that right arm starts hanging, just switch that glove over and. Yep. Get a couple more pitches in, which I mean, you've seen guys kind of do that, right? Like, we also developed a theory of um, learning a new pitch. This is not our theory, but just looking at it. When we learn a new pitch and you're working on a pitch, we we chew a certain flavor of gum. So love it. Yep. You know, <laughs> I was trying to learn a, like a new slider last summer, and it was juicy fruit. So like. And if I had a good day, I'd <laughs> stick with Juicy Fruit. And then I would just throw it back in, you know, just to, like, mm-hmm. s- something about your brain, like, remembers that flavor. And it'll remember, like, your arm being here, getting around the ball. I'm, I'm super all, dumb. I'm, I'm super dumb. I'm that, yeah. though, because you think about it. I mean, you get the flavor profile, but you also get the smell, mm-hmm. which you're the olfactory. The smell is, like, the strongest mm-hmm. sense tied to memory, right? So, I mean, you can walk to an elementary school now and you smell it. You're like... 
Yeah. We had this in second grade in January. You know, yeah. like, this is exactly what my elementary yeah. school felt like. So that makes sense. I mean, the, yeah. it makes sense in my brain. But yeah. this is why I loved coaching you. <laughs> yeah, you're tapping into that part of the brain that yeah. is doing some things for you that yeah. you don't realize you're tapping yeah. into, yeah. which is really cool. I yeah. was, to be honest with you, I was nervous when Tanner transferred to LCU because he was so smart and you guys were so smart together. I was like, I may not be smart enough to coach these guys <laughs> and like answer no. their questions. And so that's really when I had to get smart enough to be like, I don't know. You know, like right. we had a day where it was cold outside and Tanner said something about uh, one of you guys. It was like, hey, like I read this thing where if you just like go hold something cold and then you lift, like it increases your power. Output. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> And so then he did it. He walked outside and he was able to like yeah. clean or jump or like sprint something faster like yeah. that we measured. And I was like, That's and then I was domed up. I was uh-huh. like, what? What is happening? Yeah. And so then we looked into it. There's something about the cold and all the power production. But well, so we lived together, and he would one of us would knock on our door. I got an idea, and so we had this. We lived at the ranch. I don't know if you've ever been to the ranch. I've been to the ranch <laughs> once or twice, yeah. yeah. The it's, ranch is a uh, – it's known to be the old party apartments over on, like, 4th and yeah. – and Marshall Street. Yeah, okay. Right so by that Walmart. Where right the there. LCU kids live. Oh, yeah. LCU okay. athletes. Yeah, we – yeah. I, so, I've been to the, the, the ranch. And we would – so Tanner would be like, hey, dude, I got a – I got something on my slider. I just watched this thing. He's like, let's go throw. I'm like, dude, it's 10 p.m. So we make our way over to our little basketball court that we have, and there's one light on, and I'm trying to catch this guy's slider. And Yeah, so it's fun times. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Another curious guy. Yeah, he's a good one too. Oh, Tonner. Tonner Bursey. Tonner. Yeah. Uh, okay, so talk to us about your shift from like high school to college, college to pro, right? Like you said, high school, you're just kind of going out there. Yeah, you were just like naturally the best. Not naturally, but you worked at being better mm-hmm. than everybody else. How did? How has your like talk to us about your importance of like routines? Like day before, like how far out do you start routining? You know what I'm saying? Like for your mentality, is it a week? Is it a month? Is it? How does that work? And what do you do? Are you talking about like pitching? Yeah, anything. Like from your. I'm a very like big routine guy. So if I throw. This summary through every five days. So I'm starting my routine the day after, you know, and it doesn't have to be a bunch, but it's doing something just for my like peace of mind to know that I'm doing something like a routine. Cause if not, my head will be a hundred different places. So I'm big routine guy. And so are you saying like, you're talking about day after you throw Yeah. like, like day one, we have something day two, day three, yep. day four, and then yep. day five I'm throwing. Yep. So you have something in stone. Yep. For those five days. Right, yeah. And it's there's variability to it, but there's definitely a plan and a pattern of what I'm doing this, this day. And I think that started out, like, pretty early from, like, my dad being a big military guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing this, this, this. So, but, yeah, it just helps me keep sane. And I'm doing different stuff, but, you know, I'm day one, I'm going to do this. Day two, I'm doing something like this. And then – off season kind of that's why i kind of like ask you like hey what are we doing like yep because i know like okay i'm gonna work on power phase right now i'm getting athletic here you know body care into the season that like gives me a peace of mind because i know what i'm you know there's a routine and i like to lift around the same time and i don't want to make myself too much of a robot but you know there's definitely yes for me for sure 
What does that help? How does that help you mentally? Like you said, being in a hundred places and the yeah. peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Is it peace of mind? Like, are you laying in bed at night thinking, I should have done this, I didn't do this? Yes. Or is it like, I'm on the mound, like, I maybe have left something unturned? Or what is what does that mean? It's you? just knowing that, like, give me a peace of mind that I've done everything to I have to recover and, you know, be ready to where I can pitch at my best. Mm. Um, just gives me a little peace of mind knowing that I've done my throwing, I've done, I've ate well, I've done my bands, plyos, got my body ready, lifted. Science. There's nothing else. Yep, yeah. there's nothing else. Like, big sleep guy. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Kid put me on that train five years ago. And, yep. Why we sleep? Yep. HGH. Yes, the natural kind. Natty. Not the kind you inject into your body. Have you? Has there in? Has there been a shift in that routine at all? Like, have you found stuff along the way that you're like, "Yeah, this didn't work for me," and you shifted it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one of the big things I like about like delegating. Like, I know like like. Cade tell me hey you got this today this doesn't feel right let's Mm. do this like here's some options that you can do same thing with throwing you know I might have scheduled for that day I need to throw 40 throws at 120 feet but you know one day my arm might be a little hanging so I'm like Mm. I'm gonna cut it down to 90 you know just and then one day my arm might feel great and I'm gonna go long toss and throw so Mm. yeah there's definitely some interchangeable parts but just having that routine helps yeah. For the parents listening, like let's middle because you do lessons as well, mm-hmm. elementary, middle, Scott, high school. Yeah. Alistair, we, we want to plug that, and we'll plug that at the end. But mm-hmm. like, what are things that you would tell parents? Like, hey, don't like do this with your kid right. for their baseball, and don't don't do this. Whether right. it's something popular, if it's something like small, what are some of those things that you've seen that you would recommend yes and recommend no? Um. One thing that I would not recommend is paying $10,000 a year to go to all these showcases and perfect game tournaments when your kid throws 65 miles an hour. You know, Brian Cashman of the Yankees could be there, but if you don't, if you throw 65 miles an hour, you just give your money and keep going. And, um, you know, don't, I don't agree with, you know, playing 180 games in a year at seven years old modified t-ball you know i think like you need to be a kid you know go run around fall ride your bike play with your friends you know make up games i think that's a big thing with athleticism just let them be athletes if they want to play something let them play it um just let them be kids and then so you're saying they don't need to start their pro path at seven? No. Where it's baseball yeah. only? And, yeah. Yeah. There's mm. kids that, like, want to, but, like, if, you know, if they want to play soccer or football or basketball, like, they don't need to be playing <laughs> baseball at <laughs> 180 uh, games. Travel games. Like, travel yeah. ball a year sort of deal. Right. And just let them be kids. Let them be athletic. And, you know, they don't need to be a pitcher only at eight years old mm. and only throwing. Like, let them play shortstop. Let them play center field. Let them run around. Let them hit. You know, some of the best pitchers didn't start pitching till I didn't really start pitching till my senior year. So just let them be athletic and let them be kids. And gotcha. Yep. Kind of two for one. Yes and no. Let them be kids and 
don't pay a bunch of money to <laughs> go to stuff that may not have I mean, all, but, yeah. by all means, if your kid's 14th throwing 90, yeah, go to that perfect game. Right. You know, if he's hitting bombs, yeah, go get seen. But, like, invest into development and invest into getting better before you go get seen because no one wants to see little Johnny, you know, throw 71 miles an hour with a – you know, I tell yeah. kids, like, they'll be like, yeah, my curveball's so good. I'm like, no, dude, that's gravity. Like, you're not throwing a curveball. <laughs> you're just <laughs> it's slowing down. You're not throwing it hard enough. It's just, <laughs> it's just gravity. So <laughs> 9.1 meters per second squared, baby. Uh, that's yeah, That's man. tough. So. I have a really good curveball, too, yeah. actually. So go develop. And so you said, okay, I know you were kind of joking, but, like, don't spend $10,000 on these tournaments and stuff. Right. Let's say a parent is doing that, mm-hmm. and they have this $10,000. Like what, because you've talked about delegating and investing, mm-hmm. what things are you saying, like, let's invest in these things, like 7, 10, 15 years, you know, 12, 15 mm-hmm. years old, it doesn't, let's say it doesn't matter, like, what mm-hmm. do they need to be investing in to help their kid be the best that they can be? Um, steak. Steak. <laughs> you know, get strong, yeah. um, you know, I'd invest in guys like you too, um, getting in the way, because I think parents neglect that, you know, they're going to eight skill practices a week but you know they can't get under barbell and squat the bar or they can't even like move right and they're not strong but they can throw eight pitches and you know what i'm saying they're going to skill work i would invest in you know, like getting bigger getting stronger weight room get fast those aspects of the game gotcha mm-hmm. is that all steak and strength conditioning that's how i live my <laughs> life so i love to hear um that. Because you, I mean, you, you've spent a lot of time running, right? right? You've done right. driveline, like you dive into all that right. stuff, like mindset. And I'm just, because I'm curious about right. the way that your mind works. And Rustin said it, like, you're so curious right. just in general. But do you think, because you played multiple sports right. growing up, do you feel like that helped you be better at baseball, to be a better athlete? Or do you wish, looking back, like, I wish I would have just done baseball, like, to specialize? I I definitely think it helped me, you know, just be more athletic and, you know, the weight room part of it. But I do think people take that and run with it and use it too much. Like, just because you're playing football doesn't mean you're going to be a good shortstop. Mm. Like, it doesn't automatically. But, it, do, it I mean, I believe there is some truth to it, and it does help you. But at the same time, just because my kid's playing basketball – and soccer doesn't mean that he's going to be good at soccer because he's playing basketball. Mm. But it it should it will help a little bit. But you know, at the end of the day, you still have to be good at your yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. You have to get better at your skill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something we advocate for as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's on your mind over there? No, I think it, I think it's just good for athletes and parents both to hear coming from a like a high level athlete saying. Like, this guy's getting paid to play baseball. Right. Like, in real dollars, not in a scholarship. But also right. that back in the day, but, like, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. get a paycheck every, you know, right. every month to play baseball, which is cool. Like yeah. that's and a, so that's hearing that perspective of, hey, you, one, you don't – because what I'm hearing is, like, one, you don't have to do everything. Right. Right? You're also – you could probably invest your money in smarter areas. Mm-hmm. Like, you've learned at an early age, way earlier than I did, to Same. delegate those tasks and those skill sets to people who are actually – really good at teaching those skills right so like finding somebody who can do the strength work and the Mm -hmm. mobility work and the movement work and finding the skills guys Mm -hmm. and the girls that can really know and teach it right 
because that's the other side. And this is what kind of drives me crazy about our world is two things. One, coaches that step outside of their lane and try to do it all. Right. Right. Like, hey, we're going to open this facility and we're going to run basketball, volleyball, <laughs> baseball, golf, and we're going to do all the strength and conditioning for you. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's all. I didn't know you had all that in you. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I played football in junior high. You know, that's a real extreme version. <laughs> but, I mean, but you have those spaces, yeah. right? And they're great money makers. They are. And they look really cool. And right. Instagram videos are awesome. Yep. But on the other side of that, the flip side is like, your kid's not getting a lot of value from what you're putting them through. Right. Right. So a little bit of what I'm hearing is like, hey, find those people who can really Absolutely. dial in and help your kid with mm-hmm. what your kid loves to do. Right. Right. If they don't love baseball or soccer, like stop them taking just, them yeah. to baseball and soccer <laughs> yeah. practice. Right. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to spend that money just oh, because right. <laughs> you want them to play soccer because you think it'll help them be a better basketball player. Because right. yeah. what you're saying is true. It might like the lateral quickness right. and the movement. It can, and the, it can. Yeah. Yeah. It could improve footwork. I mean, Absolutely. we can make a case mm-hmm. for soccer oh, yeah, or basketball sure. transfer. Right. Or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. It may not. Right. Yeah, like, skill, skill wins, <laughs> usually, over athleticism. Yeah, yeah. if you I have mean, both, it's pretty good. And if you step out onto a, a field and you can't perform that skill, like, you're not going to play. Right. Yeah. So I, I wonder, in your, what you see now, like, looking at younger kids, like, mm-hmm. in this baseball world, do you feel like baseball and softball even, do you think those kids are overplaying? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had I I do lessons like Cade said, and I had a um, mom um, tell me that her son's seven. Okay. Um, he plays on four teams, so he plays on a little league team. Yeah, wow. a little league team, a Lubbock like league team, and then two travel teams. Bro, so two, how do you do two travel teams? That's and I'm not being like. There's like different. There's like a double A, triple A. So he plays on like a major team, and then he plays on like a double A team. So and wow. then he plays like a, like up in age. So she was like, yeah, like his arms hurting. Um, can we do like arm strengthening stuff at work at lessons? And I'm like, how many games did he play this week? And they're like, well, they played two on Monday, two on Thursday, mm-hmm. one on Wednesday. Jeez. We came to lesson twice a week, and I'm like. That's a he's seven years old. Like, I, I, my arm would fall off if I did that at 24, and I trained for it. Like, there's definitely, <laughs> yeah. there's definitely like um, overplaying, and yeah, I think they need to just take time to be kids and stuff too. And like you said, people overstepping their boundaries. Um, like, cause I'll have kids say like, "Hey, can we do some workouts?" And I'm like, honestly, probably not the best guy to talk to. You know, talk to Rustin or talk to Cade and. A guy asked me today, actually, like, hey, can we do catching stuff? And I was, like, never caught in a game before. Like, I'll be honest. I know what they need to do. Like, I know, like, some mm-hmm. stuff about it. But let me give you Luis, like, Luis Navarro's yeah. number and go to him. So I think just what you said is 100% true. That – I just think that says a lot about you because you could have easily been, like, yeah, I can teach you. <laughs> like, yeah. I can yeah. do that. I will take – I'll take your money. A hundred more dollars <laughs> yeah. from your pocket. Yeah, we'll Please, actually yeah. teach you how to pitch it to yourself <laughs> and then run and catch it. Just got to throw it with the gravity. No, don't get me wrong. There's guys that do that for sure. Oh, like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so. I mean, we've talked about that. Like, we never. Well, <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's guys out there that have this mindset that if you didn't play at this level, you can't coach right. it or teach it. Right, which is wrong. 
Well, what's crazy is I've like I've coached around people who played at high levels mm-hmm. in the athletic world, and they're not good coaches. Ter- terrible. They just can't yeah. transfer the knowledge and the skill that they have into, yeah. hey, here's how you do it. Yeah. There's but, just this missing piece, and that that's just part of it. Like, and I'm the opposite. Like I know how to tell you how to get <laughs> yeah. better, but it's like I never really can. Right? Uh, look and at so, Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins. Oh, I know that guy looks like an accountant. Bro, he's so awesome. Though. Somebody yeah, you ever hear awesome. him mic'd up? He is like, yeah. awesome. Somebody yeah. said like he looks like Dude. his dad went on a trip and like he's the son that's taken over. <laughs> and I was like, and then there's like that clip of him like bebopping at practice. I'm like that is exactly what that looks like did you see the thing about him uh people were trying to say he was vaping on the uh-uh. sideline he was like did you see <laughs> yeah. he's got like a pin and but it does like if you really look at it looks like, like he's vaping, vaping on the sideline yeah. but that guy's awesome though well yeah i mean just the way he carries himself yeah. like like what'd you tell jalen hurts when he you know the quarterback for the eagles when he ran out of bounds on your sideline he's like I told him to stop running. And he didn't listen. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's like to have that and say that in yeah. a moment of a heated game. Uh-huh. It's like playoff, about, yeah, yeah, a presence mm-hmm. about people. But you yeah. touched on this uh, like in and out. But can you just talk about the importance of the people you surround yourself with? Because like we joke about Odessa, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of good humans there. But right. outside looking in, a lot of people are like that's not a good place to be. Right. And we know that that's not true. Like there are good people right. that live there and grow there. Mm-hmm. And then you get to LCU, and you've had good teammates, you've had bad teammates. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming on all of your summer ball teams, and your pro teams. Can you just talk about the importance of like that aspect of your development? Right. Because it's a lot. It's really hard to say no to guys that you like, absolutely, who are not putting you, who are not working towards the same goal. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because you, I know you've struggled with that. Right. For sure. Um. Yeah. I, you know. Talking about my dad again, he always told me, like, you know, you've heard the your friend's like an elevator. They're even going to take you up or take you down. And so. I've never heard that, but. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. So he's hammered. Um, he's hammered that into me, like, since I was little. So I just kind of took that into account. And, you know, as a college athlete, as a college baseball player, you know, it might be, um, you might be, like, seen as, like, a, like a loser or no fun because, you know, you don't want to go to Broadway and get plastered three nights a week before, and they're like, but also at the same time, if you're doing that, you're not setting yourself up to, you know, give everything you got to your team and stuff like that. And so I think you just got to find your group of guys that like want to go to a common goal and just kind of run with it. And I'm also a firm believer of, like, surround yourself with where you want to be, not where you are. Mm. So, you know, growing up, uh, I just always, like, would try to get, like, hang around guys. Like, uh, you know Bradley Marquez? Uh, name. He played at Tech for, like, four years, and he played um, minor league baseball for the Mets, and then he played also professionally for the Lions and the Rams, I believe. And he lived, like, near me, so... I would always like, you know, hey, let's go hit. Like he was five or six years ahead of me, but um, I would just always like, hey, I want to be where Bradley lit. So let me hang around. Let me mm-hmm. train with Bradley. Let me you know, like do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I really believe that, you know, your friends and who you surround yourself with will determine who you will be and who. You... So is that was that a conscious thought when you said like you live with Pratt and you live with RJ? Like was that a conscious decision because they were doing the things um, you wanted to be doing, or was that? 
I, I definitely wanted to, but I was also like a freshman mm. there. So when they asked me to, I was like, yes, sign me up. You know, they asked me, they <laughs> yeah. needed a roommate and they asked me. Um, so I was like, sign me up. I, I didn't, I didn't have the nuts to like go talk to them and say like, Hey, can I live with y'all next yeah. year? Like being a sophomore. And yeah. so, but just, yeah, being around those guys helped me so much. And then, so I try to be that way to yeah. younger guys. Can you talk about the payoff of saying no? Because I think parents uh-huh. can hear this and listen, right. show it to their athletes, and also athletes can right. hear this. Like, you've had to say no to right. getting high and like yeah. going out and getting drunk all the time. For sure. Like, how hard is that? Because you're, I mean, you're mm-hmm. a guy. Like, I know you personally. People want to be around you, mm-hmm. and you network so well, and you know everybody, and you relate so well to everybody. Right. So you're gonna have opportunities to do those things. Right. Right. Yeah. So can you talk about how hard it is to say no, or if it is hard for you? And then, like, what the other end of that looks like when you, like, what the payoff is of that. Right. I think just, you know, from a young age, just instilling that in me, like, my parents and my dad. But just seeing kids that, like, were better athletes than me, you know, like, I have eight or nine kids I can name off that should be playing where I'm at. Hmm. And, but they just go down the wrong path or stuff like that. So... Just seeing that as an example, you know, growing up in Odessa, like you said, is kind of rough area and stuff like that. So that helped a lot. And then just knowing, just having the end goal always in mind, just, you know, so just keeping that in mind and knowing like, hey, I want to get here. This is what's going to help me. Um, you know, I'm all for if you if you want to <laughs> go do whatever you want. But mm-hmm. like if just knowing where I wanted to go, I had to sacrifice that a little bit and just knowing like, hey, I got to pass out on that opportunity (laughs) but just kind of knowing like you can have fun the rest of your life but you only got this little window to really optimize your career and stuff Mm. like that so that's so huge too yeah yeah what is your uh what is your so we talked a lot about like your time on like how you prepare Uh and your routines what does your time off look like for you Uh, like you talked about kind of keeping your did you say your sanity peace of mind peace of mind yeah. yeah like how does that because if you were on 24 uh-huh. hours a day, 365, <laughs> yeah. especially as curious as you are, yeah, you'd Not probably go <laughs> yeah. a little. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no telling where your uh-huh. brain space would go. Like, what does your yeah. time off look like for you? Uh, um, and how important do you think that is as a for sure athlete? Um, you know, I'm a pretty chill guy, hanging out, uh, video games, like normal stuff, uh, play a lot of golf. That's why I, I think I really like hunting and fishing because I don't think about like yeah. baseball for a little bit. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't have service. Um, mm. You know, just hanging out, stuff like that. Um, but I definitely think getting away from the game is a big deal for me because when you're playing every day, that's all you think about. And yeah. So in the off season, I just have to take like three or four weeks just to like not even think about it and just, you know, find a hobby. Uh, pickleball, big pickleball guy. Are you? I've been wanting to pick up pickleball. Big pickleball guy. Um, you know, just hanging out. Uh, I'm a big movie guy, watching movies, hanging out with family and friends. Um, so just pretty chill, dude. How do you put baseball down to do that? Like, and I was going to ask, <laughs> yeah. what, if you, if you, there's a time period, you yeah. said three or four weeks, mm-hmm. but is that like, I'm not thinking about baseball at all? Mm-hmm. Is it, or do you? Is there a time in the season where you're like, I'm gonna, I can put baseball down and I can be present, or is it always kind of mm. like in the back of your head? For me, I, I've struggled with that a lot because it's all, it's pretty much always there. Like, sure. 
And I've had to learn, like, hey, just because you're taking time off doesn't mean, you know, like you said, sports culture in the States, if you're not, like, grinding and you're not up at 5 a.m. in the gym, you're getting worse and there's Mm -hmm. guys getting better than you, which I don't think – I think that's BS anyways. Mm. So I've had to really, like, you know, juggle with, hey, I'm taking time off. It's good for me. It's good for my mental health, you know, like not thinking about this. And just, like, you know, knowing that, hey, just because you take – a two days off of lifting because you're, you know, you need it or take three weeks off of throwing. You're still going to know how to throw. You know, this guy's not getting better than you. Like, it's okay. You need it. Just yeah. juggling with that. So so you're not going to lose all your strength. You're not going to lose five <laughs> yeah. miles an hour for not throwing yeah. for three weeks. Yeah. I might lose five miles an hour throwing for those three weeks or, you know, lifting through, mm. like, after the season. Mm. It might do worse. And I think you talked about that on one of your podcasts. Yeah. So. You, and just to recap what you just said, you said you could, when you get to that point, by continuing to push through that, mm-hmm. you feel like you might get worse. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. And I've had to learn that, you know. Um, I think my neck injury, like, thrown through it and stuff mm-hmm. showed me, like, hey, I need to take some time off to. Yeah. Will you talk about that, actually? Because mm-hmm. we talked about it before air. Because yeah. you missed most of your junior year? I, or? I only missed three or four starts but i wasn't i was throwing like 82 miles an hour when usually i'm like 90 92 93 um so i had a pinch nerve in my like trap area so i couldn't really turn my neck to the side and you know ro- rotating's probably the number one thing with <laughs> pitching is so i couldn't rotate so i was just like yeah this is important yeah to be able to just trying to go through it and at first i thought oh, okay i slept wrong and then mm. i'm like no this is a like i can't move and so but like just trying to be there for the team and just throwing through it probably did me worse than I I mean I I threw some good innings and you know I the team needed me but definitely hurt me more than I should (laughs) so yeah so rest is good yes okay sleep is number one yeah king yeah it's really interesting it's almost like the maybe I should ask this it like what you're presenting is so anti current sports culture. It really right. is. Like I mean, you grew up in it. Like Don't get me wrong, I, I definitely used like, to think like, oh, I used to get up at five AM and think you know, I wasn't one of the guys that posts on my Snapchat at five AM right grinding while you're but like I definitely used to think like, Oh, I'm out working these guys, like mm-hmm. there's no one. But then as I got older I kinda learned like, Hey, you can sleep ten hours or eight hours, not ten, but sleep eight hours and you know you can mm-hmm. take a recovery deload week and it's going to be fine you can not throw over a couple of weeks and you're still going to live like yeah <laughs> yeah well so. i mean i was in there with you the other day while you were throwing uh-huh. and you were throwing you were simulating long toss but uh-huh. it was at like what 60 yeah. percent or something mm-hmm. and i don't think people see that right. like all they see is mm-hmm. 102, 105 on the big like <laughs> from the mound yeah and it's not on yeah. the, how many times a week are you, do you throw on the mound or like do you One. throw on a mound every single week? No, not yeah. at all. Okay. But also that's not like – I think that's like a big thing about social media. and um, Nobody wants to see me on social media lobbing a ball into a net. Like that's not fun. Or, mm. And like uh, have you seen that Joe Burrow tweet, uh, Joe Burrow tweet where he's yeah. like, hey, there's a new challenge where you have to do a workout and not post it. Oh, like, I yeah, haven't he, seen that. Yeah, yeah he's like – Try to do a workout and not post it, like yeah. stuff like that. So I just think that, yeah, the not fun stuff. Mm. Mm. I, 
That's so helpful to hear. Like, it's refreshing, honestly, because yeah. we kind of, like, we have kind of taken this stance of anti-overuse and yeah. anti-like running kids into the ground and right. like literally to the point of tears last week being here like I got really frustrated and fired up right. about it but right. I mean that is what this is why this podcast exists is because we just want to bring education to parents and athletes and coaches yeah, absolutely and so we really appreciate your input mm-hmm. and like thank you guys yeah because I think this stuff is going to be like I'm I'm seeing it from the parent perspective and mm-hmm. it's super valuable Right. For parents to hear what a current high-level athlete yeah. is saying. Well, even yeah. from like your right. daughter's perspective, like the entrepreneurial, yeah. and like if you watch Shark Tank, it's like you got to work 100, yeah. 170 hours a week. Oh, and there's not yeah. that many hours in a week, and it's yeah. like it's okay to yeah. like take a vacation, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, spend time with your family, yeah, check out mentally yeah. and just like enjoy a movie, mm-hmm. you know. Because right. your family, your friends, like your girlfriend, they probably hate you if you were just baseball <laughs> yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, like this yeah. Thanksgiving meal is so good. Yeah. And Shannon's like, did y'all see that slider? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, give it a break. We're sorry, I got to leave. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to go throw a bowl. I, got, I yeah. used to struggle with that too. Like, you know, I have to go lift Christmas morning, Christmas. I'm like, mm. now it's like, chill out, dude. Like, you can you can lift tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's awesome. So I love it. Yeah. Mm. But it's definitely refreshing to hear you guys, you know, teaching kids like how it should be and stuff mm. like that. Well, Edu- thank you. Educating them. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And hopefully we can start working with some parents too. Because yeah. parents that's are the, I'm, I'm like, that's the hard too. piece of it is like a kid may, you know, they may need time or want time mm-hmm. and they just, they're not going to be afforded that ability to yeah. have time to be a kid. Like you're right. saying, like, um, I'm in the gym last week with Kai. He went in and uh, rolled his ankle pretty good for the first time in a game Friday. So we're in the gym Sunday to keep it loose and mm-hmm. just so it doesn't get stiff and he can start getting some of that fluid out. And mm-hmm. So he's doing some basic, like easy 30, 45 minutes. And so I'm just sitting there working on my computer and there's other young kids in there. And these are like, I don't know, fourth graders. Or just maybe. like an open gym setting? Mm-hmm. Or like open a- gym setting. They're getting ready for like a team practice, I think maybe. Um, and we're talking basketball. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, I just assume everybody knows my story. Uh, yeah, and so it's like there's a parent next to me talking to their kid, and they're like, hey, you need to go shoot free throws. You need to go practice free throws. And she's like, well, I have. He's like, no, you're not going to get any better unless you go. You need to go make 10 right now. And, like, the kid can barely get it to the bucket. You know, like, she's, like, yeah. chucking it up there. Like, it's praying when it that goes on that like, it's uh-huh. yeah light, yeah light. i mean yeah. and it's like women's size ball regular <laughs> yeah. rim height yeah. like that's hard man bro she's working you know yeah. and so she gets back from those 10 just <laughs> sweat. and what's funny is like after she leaves like mom is asking this other parent like yeah i don't know her knee's just been bothering her and i think you know <laughs> like and then her heart sure enough comes back over and she's like okay i did it and she's like <laughs> So and so, well, now you need to go do this. And she's like, Mom, my, God, my knee hurts so bad. And she's like, You'll be fine. You know, it's like, Wow. Like, yeah. it's not about the kid at that point. Right. You know That's what I mean? What I like, hear. at some point, parents have to be <laughs> willing to look within our own selves and insecurity and be like, Yes. I'm okay with where my kid's at yeah. today. Right? Yeah. Like, currently, 100%. I'm great with where Kai's at. He's one of the smallest guys on the floor when he steps on a varsity court. 
Like he, he told me last night he stepped on the court. I hope I, I don't care. I don't think he'll mind. He <laughs> got he got in we'll last get his night. Permission and then we'll cut it. <laughs> yeah, and the team they played was really good last night. Best team in the district by far. And so he gets in and he said he walked out there and the guy guarding him was one of their starters and he was like. You're too small to be out here. <laughs> like, that's what he told Kai. Really? And so Kai was like, he's, I said, what'd you do? He's like, I just kind of laughed. And then he said, like, next time down the floor, I scored. <laughs> I gave that man a bucket. And so, he, yeah. And so he was like, so I, baby Kai. I was like, did you say anything? And he was like, nope. I said, did he say anything? He's like, not anymore. <laughs> you know, so to him, that's it's awesome. like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm the smallest. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Right. Which is great. Uh-huh. And I think that's something he's picked up from good coaches that he's had along the way. And yeah him being empowered to be wherever he is right right now in this moment and that's because you can't change it right no right even if you i mean even if it's a skill thing it's not going to change overnight yeah like he's not going to grow no so you know what i mean and like what good does it tell you like for him to hear from you you got to play bigger like you got to answer what is that yeah no crap i gotta play bigger what does that mean you know five eight right now but and so yeah it or encouraging. it's encouraging soft. for me too yeah like that's Ollie's, one of my that's i hate yeah <laughs> like ollie's two uh-huh. and like i'm already having to have that battle in my head of like i have to be okay with like if he doesn't want to be his very best like i got to be good with just supporting him and like we're playing mm. sports or we're doing right. gymnastics or we're doing yep. whatever it is music for fun yeah mm-hmm. like at that point i'm gonna be just a fan and yeah, because at that level, there's those guys that are out there, those guys and girls that are out there just to, just because they like playing softball and they like being around this group of people. Yeah, which is right? fine. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. they don't they don't want to go to the league. Mm-hmm. They just so what? Yeah, they want to be somewhere else than home, or yeah. you know what I mean. And yeah. so it's like there's there's no point in my head of getting done with the game and taking your kid. <laughs> To go work on something, yeah. like or why? Dragging like, them over to coals mentally and verbally, like you should right, have done yeah, this. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Well, we got to get this, you know, mm-hmm. mamba mentality in, which is <laughs> BS, yeah. right? Shout like I saw a clip on TikTok of Jordan talking to a parent group today, like back when I think he was still playing. Like he mm-hmm. looked super fit, so I think he was still playing. But I'll see if I can find it. We can put it in the notes. I think I liked it, mm-hmm. so I can pull it up. But it's it's him talking to parents, and he's like, look, like. Just support your kids, love yeah. on them. Like he's not, never once is he's like, hey, they need to, they need to be in the gym, twelve hours a day. Yeah, you know, like figure out what they need to get better at, and then support them and empower them to get there. Because yeah. I think there's a difference. This is this is where my brain's at. So I'm gonna give you some some of my curiosity, and I'm gonna let you run with it. You don't have to answer now. Uh, so okay, so here here's what I'm. This this came up last night in conversation on a two and a half hour drive home from Abilene with my wife. Um, I'm sure she loved it. <laughs> so where I'm where I'm this is where I'm curious, and this is like with like development with like young athletes or just young people in general. Is do you think there is a difference in uh, parents supporting their kid and parents empowering their kid? Here, here's what I'm noticing, and this is a hunch. So uh, I'm noticing the kids that are highly supported are also the kids that are highly insecure. When I say supported, I mean they don't need anything. Parents take them everywhere. They're good to go. Like, oh, you need to go to Dallas this weekend? Done. Hotel? Done. Like, it's done, right? The support is overwhelmingly amazing. Mm-hmm. 
but there's no empowering them of reminding them like, Hey, this is, this is who you are. Right. Right. Like remember that this is you and this is who you are in this space. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you are like their language. I wonder isn't as present. So I think empowerment, there is a language aspect to it. Oh, for sure. Like you're reminding people of you're here for a reason, not just like for your job, but like mm-hmm. the work you put in, you're here. Like you're getting the ball for a reason. Right. You're on the mound for a reason. You earned it. Right. Rather than like, hey, we're going to take you to all this stuff mm-hmm. or we're going to support you. And so you have to go to all this stuff. <laughs> right. That's still support. Yeah. Right. And so, but I feel like those kids that are overly supported rather than empowered or there's not a balance that they're deeply insecure with the way they operate. So it either shows up as like arrogance, overconfidence because they have to prove that they're the best. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it shows up as like timid, like scared to make a mistake. Yeah. Scared to make a mistake right. or just kind of like they're the kids that are like, Oh, he's just, they're just soft. Soft. Right. Hmm. You don't have to answer. I just want to put a little <laughs> can you oh, nugget no. in your brain <laughs> on you like be... your experience. I wonder what your experience would be yeah. like. Can you be empowering without being supported? Uh, no. Because it's kind of. I don't think so. Right? No, I don't think so. Like, how do you empower somebody? It's like, well, yeah, you need to go do all the things. Like, oh, we have a game in Dallas. It's like, well, good luck getting there. You know, like. Yeah. No. I don't. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think it involves I think both. It's a, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Think. Empowerment is support with a language added. To me, yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this idea of like calling up versus calling out, you know, and then mm-hmm. not necessarily calling out like what you did wrong, but even just like not calling up into like you, who your identity is, like who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you're created for more. You're not mm-hmm. a baseball player. Baseball is what you do. Right. Like you're Shannon Herrera who plays baseball. You're not. A baseball player named Shannon. Shannon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. I've never thought that about is. it like that. All right. Chew on Just that curious. and come back next week and let us know what you think. Money. Not really, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start getting texts now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 2 a.m. Excuse me. Hey, no, that that happens. No, you'd be Real sitting there like, I mean, we do that all the time. Like, yeah. I'll find this random video. Like, what do you think about this? And he's like, he'll send it to me. Like, what do you think about this? Kate's, yeah. Kate's sending me you up text at one point. Yeah. <laughs> you up. Check out this squat. <laughs> Look at this squat variation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, is there anything else like you want to share or where can we find you online, like socials and lessons and everything like that? How can parents get a hold of you? Uh, yeah. You can um, social media, um, Shandon Herrera. You can just look me up on Facebook. I have a page. Uh, reach out and let's do some work. Awesome. And Twitter and Instagram as well. Yep. Thank Chongo, you guys for Chongo underscore zero zero seven. Yeah, double oh seven. Yeah. That actually uh, came up. <laughs> that actually came up when I was like eighth grade basketball because I thought I was like a shooter. Double oh seven. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I just haven't changed it from there. Yeah. 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 And I'll say like we we've talked about like we try to find we're trying to build a good network of humans to like send yeah. people to and mm, you're yeah. on that list of skills people and definitely not advice. even just like good teachers but like good humans that we know you're not gonna you know hurt kids and, you know <laughs> yeah. mentally or physically like you treat them like humans and yeah. so yeah parents and athletes we trust this guy to do your work and if you yeah. ask us who to who we're gonna send you to he's one of them so definitely likewise yeah but yeah thank you guys um for giving me a home this off season too mm. 
Always. This is definitely the best space I've been in mentally and physically into a nice. season, so ready to go. So yeah. a lot of good to see you guys every yeah. couple of days and yeah. train where, here. Uh, where can we watch you during the season? When do you report? When do you play? Like, is there a live stream or somewhere we can watch you? So minor league baseball is just kind of play by ear. Um, it's not as official as the big league guys. But um, so they've just told us early May, mid-May um, is spring training and then – our first game is May 21st, but um, you can go to MILB.TV and just look up the Rocky Mountain Vibes. That's right. That's such a cool name. <laughs> it's a good name, yeah. 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 So, and I'll awesome. be with uh, Luis, too. So yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. I love Luis. Yep. Great guy. Anything else, Mr. Rustin? No. I think this is uh, this may be the gem of podcast, I think, for people to listen to. Yeah. It's too much good information and insight. From somebody who's doing it, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Currently doing it. Yeah. Currently doing it. Yeah. yeah. So Thank you, yes. yeah, and yeah. it yeah. it goes across sports. Yeah. So shout out yeah, to Monument. That's awesome. Shout out to Monument. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All right. All right. Yes, sir. That's Thank it. you. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Money.